Thank you for listening to this talk, produced by the Art Gallery of South Australia.
repurposing raw and freshly made art that was actually big at the factory on the day. And Sonny is an incredible master craftsman and artist, and schoolmaker to a lot of people. And he and I have just fingered the head of so many jewels that you can wear as part of your Christmas ornament. So she's come with this incredible light that she sent to Raw into all of these places that we can see. Then Sonny will unveil the head with the jewels. And I told you from the picture I've got you here today is because we actually finished that design that Raw ever worked on, which is a shape pattern. So that is a pin dry, like a pin dry pattern. Um, really incredible woman within the community. She worked with Dante, who is the decor guy who I made the shapes for Australia. Hers were always the ones that people looked to because she had the craft. But she had a skill about with shapes for Australia and her shapes at factories were always vastly complemented by Dante. But this was by far, 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 far the most impressive ever done by her. I think it's a remarkable job. I know the beautiful form that goes around this figure and that's on the roof with the arch portrait. So there are four arch portraits on the roof. The form is a pin dry form and the form as you drive away to the supermarket is the roof that we're both leaning on. But I also, while we're here, I'll talk about the incredible young artist of Rowan Dunby, who's a new art artist that I've come across very into his life in Melbourne. And then there's the Elise sculpture, which was of a character that exists in Kyoto called Fukuhiro, the white horse. And he he is an artist, a new art artist who also works in Uganda. So his family are from a homeland out from Gaborere in Kakadu National Park. So he has connections with family, western Uganda people and family Australia. And part of the Tanambu project for him is about going to visit a meeting of tribal families. So these these guys come from southern cultivated Eritrea and Western Islander language into the tribes of, of those borders. And he he's a twenty three year old man who is creating working with the idea of superheroes with he draws constantly he's got comics that like ideas for comic strips that he's been creating since he was quite young. He's had a life of being in art exhibits, and so he, this is his way of getting out of being a dreamer. And so he's, this is a body of work that he's created that's been accepted for, for exhibitions all over the world. And that's some of the things that we are really excited that we work with. It's rather grim because you think about all these years that you've got, but is there something in our life that draws us out? Are we the only, or is there a mentor that we can look to our schools? Community support, 
I'm going to do a little bit of uh, audience engagement to begin with, because I'm very keen to know what you kind of picked up in your conversation with Nikki downstairs. Give me a word in response to Tanandi. So if you go home to somebody and say, I've been to this thing called Tanandi, and they say, so what was it? What was your sense of it? What would you say? What would you say? Culture. Culture. Beautiful. Reclaim. Reclaim. I love that. Storytelling. Fabulous. Culture, reclaim, storytelling. Big stories. I love that. Epic stories. Yep. What else? Community. Thank you. That's wonderful. Culture, epic stories, reclaimed. Those themes run deep through this exhibition as well. So this exhibition is called Vincent Namajira, Australia in Colour. It is part of Tarnandi. It falls under the Tarnandi umbrella. I'm sure you could tell by my fast and furious introduction that Tarnandi is many things. This exhibition is the first exhibition of Vincent Namajira's work as a solo show in a public institution. I feel like we should be very proud of the opportunity and the honour of presenting. Why us, you might think? Vincent Namajira is a Western Arundel man who lives on the Anangupitinjata Yankanjata lands, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that later on. He was the winner of our Ramsey Art Prize in 2019 with the work just here. And you're having a lot of fun with this work because some of you can see Cook on one side and others, the artist himself. He also was the first in a centenary history of the Art Gallery of New South Wales Archibald Prize to win the Archibald Prize. Stand strong for who you are. The portrait with Adam Goods is straight ahead here in the exhibition. This is, this is an exhibition which positions an Aboriginal artist as an agent provocateur. Someone who is able to chronicle our times, to present us with the key figures of this moment in time and history and deliver it back to us with, I would say, the most extraordinarily engaging, perceptive wit. The words on the wall, with the exception of a little bit of text over here, are all by Vincent Namajira. Gloria and I, in working on the show with Vincent, were very, very committed to the idea, particularly given that the show opened four days after the referendum result, that the only voice you would hear in this exhibition is the voice of Vincent Namajiras. Vincent and I were in conversation in this gallery on Saturday, and you'll be able to listen to a recording of that conversation on our website. And for those of you in classrooms, I would really recommend that idea of hearing the artist's voice. He says, Welcome to the past, present and future. I stand side by side with my great-grandfather, who I never met. Two painters from the centre of this country, standing up and making our voices heard. Over there is James Cook. His ship is washed up in the desert. He's sunburnt, lost. British royals are out of place, 
Wandering in the sandy creeks among the ghost gums, indigenous leaders and legends are one with country, becoming part of the desert landscape. The forgotten heroes, the red dirt, the rich and the powerful, the orange rocks, the old stockmen, the white trees, the politicians, the blue sky, the singers and storytellers, this is Australia in colour. What we have here is a celebration of the artist's voice and agency where the artist has led the curatorial process. And that includes, as Gloria will speak to in a moment, the selection of works, but also how the space has been designed. Gloria, tell us more about that. Hello, everyone. So, welcome to Australia in Colour. The exhibition title itself comes from a suite of 21 portraits here um, and many familiar faces there for you to have a look at. But as Lisa mentioned, the exhibition has been very much curated by Vincent Namajira. Uh, Lisa and I were very lucky to work alongside a rock star such as Vincent and the exhibition itself has about 90 works. This includes works that are multi-panelled works like Australia in Colour, Australia in Black and White, which is just across the room here. These works have come from institutional loans. So Vincent is represented by every state gallery in Australia. And most of his works in state institutions were borrowed for this exhibition. Works are also uh, in this exhibition that are part of private collections. And it is really the first time that this suite of over 90 works has been presented together. Lisa has mentioned some iconic works such as Close Contact, the winner of the Ramsey Art Prize, and also, of course, the uh, work that was part, well, the winner or recipient of the Archibald Prize. But there are also works that are some of the first works that Vincent created in 2014, works such as the Indulgna Tigers, which are uh, works that explore the sort of vibrant footy games on country in Indulkna, where Vincent now lives, to these recent works here, which were created especially for the exhibition, which include Albert Namajira, Slim Dusty, Archie Roach on Country, which is now in the Art Gallery of South Australia's collection, but also King Charles on Country, which was also created especially for this exhibition. The exhibition also, I think, is worth mentioning the materiality. There are so many different uh, media that Vincent works with. We've got works on paper, this sculptural um, painting, which resembles a sort of cutout that you'd find at a fun fair, encouraging us to step into the two sides or the dual histories that exist here in Australia, right through to these pop-up books here and a fabulous moving image work. Did anyone come to Illuminate last year where you saw the illumination of Going Out Bush? I won't say any more because we'll encourage you to pop around the corner to the gallery on the southern side because there is a single channel projection of that work. So I think I'll leave it at there. But that gives you an idea of this exhibition. Each work was picked by Vincent, um, especially to kind of showcase the last 10 years of his career. And hard to believe. Hard to believe. Vincent has only just turned 40, so that's young in artist terms, as many of you would know. And to be represented in all of those major collections after painting for 10 years is pretty exceptional. His story is 
unfortunately not exceptional for an Aboriginal person. He was born in Mbantua. He was born in Alice Springs. His mother died in a horrific car accident and he became, he went into foster care in WA as a young child. It was only once he was no longer a ward of the state after he was 18 and he was released from foster care that he returned to Mbantua and connected with family. And upon that connection, made he, he found out that he was actually the great-grandson of Namajira. He knew he was part of the family, but he didn't know he was the great-grandson of Namajira. That led him on an extraordinary path of reclamation and connectivity and all the words, community and culture that you've just mentioned a while ago. He met and fell in love with an Anangal woman from the Yankanjara end of the Anangal Pitinjara Yankanjara lands. Her name is Natasha Pompey. And she is the daughter of an acclaimed, not to the level of Vincent Namajira these days, but an acclaimed figurative painter, Mr Pompey. Mr. Pompey was quite the mentor, along with Albert Namajira, for Vincent Namajira. Vincent was living in the AP Wildlands, still does, but he was living there and he was kind of bored, is what he says. And he, he walked in one day to the art centre and everyone was making dot paintings. And then the art centre staff, the extraordinary team there of Heath Ahrens and Beth Conway, started to say, you know, what's your history? What's your story? Why don't you paint that story? Your story's different. Your story's very different. Keeping in mind that he was a Western Arunda man who had grown up speaking Western Arunda, speaking English, and then was on country where Pitinjara and Yankanjara are spoken. Four languages, just to begin with. So he started to paint his great-grandfather's story and, of course, his own story. And that was the beginning of his art career just 10 years ago. What does he do? He levels us all. He takes us to country. In the, case, in the case of the work here, Displaced, which is also in the National Gallery's collection alongside Australia in Colour, we see Cook, the Queen, Dingo and Vincent all together at Indulkna Ridge. We all travel to the lands with him. We're there together. The figure of Cook steps right out of, literally even in the performative gesture, of a painting by Emmanuel Phillips Fox, which is about the landing of Cook on Botany Bay that was made as a kind of federation power painting and is very much part of this kind of eulogistic referencing of invasion. It's a painting that has been repainted, satirised by many artists, including Daniel Boyd, Ben Quilty, etc. As well as taking us to the APY lands, Vincent also takes us back to his homeland. He takes us to Western Aranda country. And you'll see in this painting of the new king, one of the first paintings that was probably made in the world of the new king, that here we are against, set against what is known by whitefellas as Mount Sonda and is, of course, Rujibma. Rujibma here is the backdrop, this distinctive Chodicha, the Western MacDonald landscape. And if we could walk from here across into the other parts of the collection, if we had time, Gloria and I could show you landscape upon landscape that sings up the power of this ancient, ancient place. And for us here at AGSA, 
such an important part of our collection because it was in 1939 that we were the first gallery in the country to acquire the work of Albert Namajira. So there's this very beautiful circularity. In other words, we would have been very unhappy if someone else tried to do this show. It felt like a show that had to really grow from here and be led by the artist's voice. Can we go together into the next space and look at the works by Albert there? So Lisa just, yeah, yeah. These are works by Christian Waller. And we actually don't often have these open. They were part of our 1996 extension. And actually when Vincent was here looking at the space ahead of the install and when we were still looking at all the works together, he wanted these open because it has this sort of cross conversation around Hermansburg or Nadaria and the sort of uh, conversation around the Lutheran, Lutheran missionaries that settled in Nadaria. So Lisa mentioned Rujipma and here is Rujipma by Albert Namajira on a middle or Woomera. And so you see some of these ghost gums that he was so well known for painting. But part of the story that's often not spoken about or written about as much, and we know the story of Albert Namajira as a watercolourist and his work with Rex Batterby. There's Rex Batterby and Albert Namajira with one of those watercolours. But the story that's often omitted from the history books is the fact that Vince, uh, Albert Namajira sorry, was an artist in his own right before Rex Batterby appeared on the scene, or Nadaria, in 1936. Here we have these beautiful mulga plaques, boomerang and coat hangers, the middle, that have all been kindly lent to us by the Flinders University Museum of Art. To tell the story, of Albert Namajira as an artist before Rex Batterby appeared. Works that have been uh, hot poker worked or uh, working with fire, drawing with fire. And these beautiful illustrations of country and goannas. So I think the story continues in here and hopefully um, we're able to kind of share a story that's lesser known in the history books. And one of the things about this show that would just was so compelling for us is the opportunity to kind of nest or Russian doll, if you like, various histories. Because Vincent's story intersects with so many stories. This is a big story. There's no bigger story, I don't think, in the story of 20th century Australian art than the story of Albert Namajira. Because he made, a, he had a kind of slipstream in, into Australian homes. There were very few homes in the 1950s and 60s that were bereft of an Namajira reproduction. That's a big story in itself that led to the copyright being held away from the family and only being returned as it happened at Wantanandi, 2017 or 2019, can't remember which one. But finally, copyright was returned with the assistance of Dick Smith, who aided the financial um, navigation of that. But it's a big story because it touches on so many points of interest. The exchange of... Albert's cameleering skills with Rex's painting skills in 1936. The story of Albert being painted by William Dargie and that painting winning the Archibald Prize. It was the first work of an Aboriginal person that, to win the Archibald Prize. That story itself. The story of Albert's, and this is often misrepresented, 
Albert's gaining of citizenship. You'll know in the story, highly pertinent given the recent referendum, that the 67 referendum came after Albert was given citizenship. Importantly, Albert Namajira wasn't given citizenship. He was made exempt from the Flora and Fauna Act which governed his identity and movement. A horrific indictment, but an important point to make. So it wasn't that Albert was granted a kind of an award per se, but he was treated as an exemption or an exception to his people. So in Albert Namajira, and I think then in Vincent Namajira in the 20th and then 21st centuries, we have these extraordinary figures that, that tell us, that reveal so much about this country, reveal so much about our history, about our deep and fraught, I believe, um, sense and struggle for belonging and connection. This exhibition runs through until January 21 and then it will go to Canberra and we're really interested to see how it will play out in Canberra. Vincent will, of course, run the show there as well. It, it's there in Canberra till the end of July and Vincent and I travelled late last year just after the... I was with him when the Queen died, which is an interesting moment because he'd been painting the Queen and I was with him when the Queen died and the next day he said, I'm never painting the Queen again and he painted his first painting of the King. And therein lies history. But we were on our way to Canberra because we were selecting the works from the National Gallery's collection by his great-grandfather for their display. So this is for us, and I think for the educators in the room, if you think about curatorial practice as being live, as being driven by the artist's interest in some instances, that artists can be both makers and curators remembering that the word curator has two etymologies, two histories. One is about caring and the other one is about curiosity, how to bring those things to bear in an, for an audience. So as you travel through the space, and we'll stop talking in a moment, you'll get a real sense of the play and the conversation between the various works, including these little-known works by Albert Namatjira. Not only do the objects here prove that Namajira was working prior to his meeting with Badaby, these works over here really underscore that Namajira was navigating visual codes from lots of different cultural contexts. These are works that draw influence from the Yelkanut stories of Nuama, his mother's country. And then over here, this incredibly beautiful painting on bean wood. So this is actually a veneer of bean wood that's been directly painted by Namatjira himself. As you travel north, you'll meet the soldiers, the soldiers who have been obscured or camouflaged, to quote Vincent from history. A body of work that was made after the centenary of World War One and exhibited as part of a touring exhibition, but has been little seen. In fact, one of the great and perhaps um, obvious revelations of the show is that no one has ever seen this much Vincent Namajira work before, not even Vincent Namajira. Because the moment a work is made, it leaves the studio and goes into the world. So it's a, a deeply, deeply satisfying and honourable moment for us really to be able to have this opportunity to present the work to audiences and even looking at the work behind you all. This is a story in 13 parts of Albert's life painted by Vincent. 
I don't know, I feel like there's an opportunity for our students to graft themselves into history by being coming closer to the stories of their own parents and grandparents. So if I were in the classroom still, I would set a task where in 13 parts, you had to chronicle the story of one of your parents or one of your family members or one of your grandparents. It's precisely what Vincent Namajira has done here. So there are so many themes here that I believe are accessible to students. Everything from politics through to sport, obviously through to art history, conflict, country, culture. I'm sure, I hope, that you get a, an opportunity to, to bring this to life in, in your classroom. Do you want to add anything, Gloria? I was just thinking about collaboration as well. Great. Good point. And the pop-up books in the other gallery, which we first started in, those really fun, but as the student said to me today, perhaps rewriting of history the way it should have been when we look at Uluru, that fabulous pop-up book. Vincent working with artist Tony Albert on those works during COVID when they could only work in the studio together. And also then the collaborative piece with Ben Quilty around the quarter, corner of Rujipma again, and also Ben Quilty's country. And I'm just thinking about the spirit of collaboration, yeah. as he uh, mentions both both artists are from a different brothers from a different mother, <laughs> but also that idea of community because someone actually pointed out community, and the community of artists, community of family. Art, I said artists before, didn't I? You but did. that spirit of collaboration, I think, and working with artists closely. So I think in your classroom there'd be a real opportunity. You know, why waste it on working singularly for students to work together? The pop-up book is an immediate dive in. Collage is really great. If you've got students in your classroom who don't feel comfortable wielding a brush, start with collage. And then start to lay a paint over collage and then start to pull back the collage and keep working with the paint. Experiment with different objects onto which the paint can be layered. And then this idea of a collaboration when Ben and Vincent made that painting, they were working working around the painting as a kind of centrifugal object in a sense. So you can see the way in which you've got Ben's face, Vincent's face, their two dogs and country, Rujibma, in the centre of the painting. It's a Rorschach of sorts as well when it you is. think about it. so true. Mm. It's like a doubling. Then the final honouring really goes to the elders, all of the people who have inspired and continue to inspire, I think not only Vincent Namajira but broader Australia. And you'll see Archie Roach. You'll see Nicky Winmar pointing to his black chest. You'll see Eddie Koikimabo. You'll see Vincent Lignari. You'll see all of those key figures from Australian history. Sorry. <coughs> Who really would provide a great avenue for more research into significant Aboriginal Australians. Before we let you kind of wander through, really happy to take any comments or, or questions that you might have. Kylie. Excellent, excellent. So not only have we worked closely with Awancha and Vincent on the exhibition, but we've done so with the studio downstairs as well. And the All Stars studio focuses in on a part of Vincent's practice. It was too good an opportunity to uh, miss, given that we had 
all of the footy finals happening just a month or so ago, three weeks ago. So we opened our studio in time for those things. And we really wanted to install artwork in the studio. So in the studio are a series of, they're, they're like drawings ultimately, they're very fast. How to make, you know, how to capture someone playing sport in a way that captures the energy of the mark. I do that in the classroom. How to make a painting of a swimmer that feels like it's in water. How to make the painting of someone who works, you know, um, on something more aerial that feels like it's, it's jettisoning a form through the air. How to paint with the kind of logic, I suppose, or the energy of sport would be a really fun task. Could be very messy as well. Yeah, the teachers themselves. Do, do you mean not the students, yeah, but the teachers? The yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, I would give them time to look is the first thing I would do. I would absolutely give them an opportunity to immerse themselves because time is what they have too little of. And I would encourage them to engage with the video content, the education resources afterwards, the books afterwards. But also I would encourage them to lean into where their students are at because I think this is a really interesting intergenerational show. I've been thinking a lot about my family in this show because of the, the nature and the age of some of the imagery from the 1950s and 60s all the way through to things that are happening right now. So I actually think this would be a perfect show to engage pre-service teachers in and because it would give you an opportunity to do all of those things at once. But also materially, there's a lot of, understandably, a lack of confidence in art making for pre-service teachers and creative acts. But I think this work is incredibly accessible and it gives you a sense that you can be as playful as taking the Royal Tour book and collaging over the top to make something fun. My final advice to teachers is to find yourself in the picture. We've only got one job to do on this planet, and that is to work out what it is that we are uniquely placed to do, right? One job, all of us, one thing. Work out what, it, what you are here for and get on with it, and that's exactly what I would say students need to do as well, to find themselves in the work, to find the point at which they connect.